Well, good morning, church. It's great to be together as we begin week seven on lockdown. And it's still hard getting used to our city being so slow and empty. And if you haven't noticed, the MTA is definitely not playing around. If you go down to ride the train these days, uh, you might see something like this asking, are you an essential worker? Uh, yes. Okay to ride. No. Why are you even here reading this? Go home. Classic New York. We appreciate that because we do have to stay safe during this time. Why don't we open our Bibles up to Luke chapter 5 right now? I'm sure like me, a lot of your friends are asking you from outside of New York, how's it really going there? Uh, what's it like? And I appreciate their concern because it has been difficult. 140,000 infected, uh, 11,000 have died. And sadly, in the New York church, we've lost two members of our own. Many, of course, have lost parents and grandparents. Uh, some here in the ministry of Manhattan have lost a mom and a dad within a couple of days of one another. So it's been tough. And the question we've been asking ourselves during this time is, where do we turn to? Uh, who will heal our souls? And we call him Messiah, King Jesus, Lord, uh, sometimes the great physician. And we're going to look at why right now. In Luke chapter 5, verse 12, it reads, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You know, this phrase, the walking dead, that's not a new phrase. It's been around for a long time. It was first used 2,000 years ago for the disease of leprosy that we just read about. It attacks the nervous system till basically it starts eroding the body. It was highly contagious. It passed through touch and airborne particles. And the World Health Organization reports that people still get it today. Laws were that you would have to scream out, unclean, unclean, if you had leprosy and you were walking around other people. You would be isolated, quarantined most of your life. And some scholars say that that was the worst part of the disease. Your family would disown you. They'd be embarrassed by you. You would get no help, no love. And people would often believe that you were cursed by God because of your condition. Now also remember, we're reading this out of the book of Luke. Who was Luke? Well, Luke was a first century doctor, a physician, an MD. And so he's paying close attention to anything that has to do with the medical field. So when you look at verse 12, where it says that he was covered with leprosy, that's really a deliberate description of what was going on. He didn't just have a little infection. He was full-blown covered in leprosy. So then what does Jesus do? He does the unthinkable, of course. He does what goes against society's better judgment. He does what no Jew is legally permitted to do and definitely what no rabbi could do. He touches the man. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first read this, I thought, why couldn't Jesus just snap his fingers? Like, why the touching? Why is that necessary? Well, I think part of the reason why is because of a Hebrew word, shalom. Let's say that together. Shalom. Maybe write it in the chat. Shalom. What does it mean? Well, some people say peace or it's a greeting, a hello, what's up? But it's not just those things. It's bigger. It is about wholeness. It's about saying, I pray that you would be in harmony with God 
nature, and everyone around you, that you would be a whole person, not fractured by this diseased world that we live in. That's shalom. So when Jesus healed the man with leprosy by touching him, he restored his individual body, yes, but he also restored him to the collective body that was the community. He declared with this action that he's not an outcast anymore. He said, hey, everybody, this guy is wanted, he's clean, he's worthy, and he's with us. Jesus is the great physician. He's the ultimate first responder. He changed the way the whole world thought about the sick and the needy. We talked about this with the campus a couple of weeks ago, that there were plagues that broke out in the first and second century in this area of the world, and people would clear out. They would leave family members behind that were sick to, to die alone. But it was the Christians that stayed behind and offered hospitality and stayed with the sick, even at the risk of themselves being infected and dying, but to dignify them and to love them in their greatest time of need. You know, by the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, every place with the church also needed to build a hospital, like it was in the bylaws. And in 369, the church in Caesarea built a 300-bed hospital, the first of its kind, and it would become a model for the future. We basically do not have the modern hospital without Jesus. Now, I want to take a moment to lift up our first responders, our healthcare professionals, and our essential workers. What you are doing is brave beyond belief. It is a testimony to your courage, your faith, your sacrifice, your love, and your hope. And anyone who stays back with the sick and helps them is following in the footsteps of Jesus himself, whether they know it or not. I'm so proud of one of our young Christians named Rob, who was just baptized about four months ago, and he got let go from his job when all this stuff uh, broke out, and he was working for a private company, but he didn't even skip a beat. He's a trained nurse, so as soon as COVID hit, he got his scrubs on, and he went to New York Presbyterian Hospital on 168th Street and got to work. And I myself got sick a few years ago. I had fever, vertigo, my body locked up. Uh, my wife helped me limp over to the clinic nearby and basically they said that I had a kind of meningitis that could kill me and they immediately chased everybody out of the room uh, quarantined me got me an ambulance rushed me to Beth Israel they, they put me in an isolation room and they started running all these tests that was scary already but it's even more scary when you're alone and you can't see your loved ones and you don't know what's about to happen. Now, obviously, I, I recovered. I'm okay. But I thought about that experience in light of how many people with this virus are dealing with this in a much more magnified way, just the uncertainty and the fear. But back in that moment, I remember clearly having a thought. I, I thought, okay, I am alone, but there are two people that I feel like are in this room. I've got my nurse and I have my Jesus. And that comforted me. You know, people haven't been able to be there when their loved ones are taking their final breaths. But our nurses and our doctors have been there. You know, Rob was telling me that he will FaceTime and video conference with families as they cry and say their last goodbyes. He holds their hands. He strokes their forehead. Rob says so many patients have asked him to pray in those final moments. Now, he says 90% of them speak Spanish, saying he has no idea what they're saying. But he is praying. He's there with them. He's linking them as best he possibly can to our great physician. And that's really the most important part about Jesus' miracle in Luke chapter 5. It's not just about the body, but about the soul. 
you know, the healing of the leprosy seems like a small formality for Jesus because right afterward he says, go, go where? Go worship, go connect with God. That's what this is all about. If you look back in verse 12, it's interesting. When the man asked Jesus for the healing, he says, you know, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. But in the Greek, he's using the word dunamis. Let's all say that together. Dunamis, meaning power. And not just any kind of power. This is miraculous power. Unexplained, unlimited ability. There is no cannot. This is Yoda. There is no try. Dumbledore can apparate anywhere, turn into anything. The Scarlet Witch, warping reality. This is, you cannot explain it, nothing like it, power. So it isn't, you can make me clean, like if you're in the mood or your schedule's free or do something on the side. It's, you got the dunamis, like a hard word for dynamite. So Jesus has the power to heal us and to make us whole. This is the shalom, and he can do it with the touch of his hand. Now, if you're like me, you read a passage like this, and you admire Jesus, but you say, okay, what can I do with this? Because right now, it's the one thing I can't do. I cannot touch. I can't hold someone's hand to pray. I, I can't dap, pound, hug, or high-five. I, I can't provide a shoulder to cry on. And oftentimes, I, I feel powerless but that reminds me that I'm putting my trust in my own power rather than realizing that it's Jesus that does the healing, that he is the great physician. All right, now I have a question for you. Before COVID, did we actually think we had the power to heal the soul? Did, did we think our amazing wisdom or knowledge of the scriptures is what healed people? Did, did we think our sound doctrine and practical theology saved souls? As great as it is, it's always been Jesus, the great physician, and it always will be. Yes, we get to be witnesses. He says scalpel, and we get to hand it to him and watch his amazing work. But he's doing that work. He's doing the miracles, the healing that heals the soul. And even though the ancient Greco-Roman world separated body and soul, Jesus married the two with shalom. I have two practical points for us as we close out today's lesson. The first is check your health. And the second is share the wealth. Check your health, share the wealth. All right, for this first point, this is a great time to set up a personal doctor's appointment with the great physician. It's time for a checkup because look, we're in quarantine. Everything is magnified. If you're like us, you're feeling short on patients and you feel busy and you are having a hard time sleeping. And it's good to be thinking about how our spiritual health is going. Are we connected and being checked up on by the great physician? You know, I think about my eyes. You know, what have my eyes been looking at while I'm on lockdown? You know, Jesus will know with one glance. Uh, my ears, what am I listening to? Songs or the news? Or what is it that's, that's guiding and informing the decisions that I'm making about my faith? Is it God's word that I'm listening to the most? You know, how are spiritual reflexes? Even right now, as you hear the word being preached to you, uh, are you reacting in a spiritual way? Are you reacting when the Holy Spirit convicts you and calls you to make a decision about your spiritual life? We've got to check our, our blood pressure. Uh, you know, are we still connected to the cross? Is it moving us when we take communion and remember Jesus' place in our lives? Listen, we've been put on pause. This is, this is the best time to set up special time with God. A friend of mine said it like this. He said, God has put the city that never sleeps down for a nap. This is time to be still, to put the devices down, to get that old paper Bible scroll out, write a letter to God, get to your quiet place and connect with the physician of your soul. 
In fact, maybe we should do a little exercise right now. We can do some good with our technology. Let's get our phones out. And if you're watching right now, that's all right. Just grab it. And let's set up a calendar event. Let's get our calendars out and set up time with the great physician. Maybe it's tonight. 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, I'm getting that time. Maybe it's tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., Tuesday at 3 o'clock. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it matters that we do it, that we check our health. And number two, share the wealth. Share the wealth. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about talking to people about the great physician, sharing the wealth that we have spiritually and telling people about what he can do in our lives to share about your doctor. This is what we do with anything, right? We find a good restaurant. We find a good barber. We tell everyone. We give them the number. We say, hey, go to this address. Tell them I sent you. we got to do that with our relationship with God as well. He is the great physician. You say, well, John, I can't share my faith like I used to. Yes, I am fully aware. But you know what? People are open right now. I had a friend recently call me up and say, you know, I know COVID has been devastating for so many, but God is reawakening my soul. Can we get together and study the Bible? People are looking for a connection with him at this time, and we've got to get creative. We've got to get online, and for some of us, it's a great opportunity to get help from the younger generation, those digital natives, because uh, a lot of us didn't grow up touching screens like what we do today, uh, unless something was wrong with the hanger that you use for an antenna for your black and white 12-inch television, which you got from JCPenney's, or maybe that's just me. But yeah, we don't have that experience, so we can get help to get online, get help to get creative, to introduce people to our doctor, to invite someone to a virtual Bible study, because we're proud of sharing our great physician. You know, later in verse 31, he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And many have been diseased by sin and are looking for a new start in their life at this time. And God, the great physician, can help them. We're confident that in great physical crisis, Jesus can heal a willing soul. And we know that the body will eventually fade. There's no guarantees on this earth, but we know that the soul lives forever. And that's the end game that Jesus wants to be there for. In verse 15, it says that news about him spread. Even though he told the guy, don't say anything, and maybe he kept his word, but the crowds multiplied, they found out because you cannot stop the unstoppable good news of our healing Messiah. Check your health and share the wealth. You know, Jesus sacrificed his body and his blood for us. He holds the antibodies to the contagious sickness of sin. At this time, let us pray for the communion. Let us pray to he who heals our souls and makes us whole. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful to be able to be connected virtually right now to more importantly, to be connected to you, that you are always there for us as great physician, always ready to heal a willing soul. We do thank you for every single one of those first responders and healthcare professionals and essential workers. Please continue to protect them and give them this incredible faith as they do so much sacrificial and important work. And God, we ultimately thank you that you heal not only the body, but the soul for eternity and that you are bent on a mission that even during this time to help as many as possible to make it to heaven. We remember the time that you sacrificed on the cross for us where your body was broken and your blood was shed. And we thank you for giving us an opportunity now to remember and honor that in a special way. And to remember that not only did you die, but you raised on the third day. And we celebrate that resurrection as a victory over death physically 
and also spiritually. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.